mention in particular where um, a new perspective. And sorry, guys, not used to the right thing today. Amen. Um, and as she was saying that, I was really pondering on the reality of like, you know what, this year can be just like last year if I don't have a new perspective. And, and when we say new perspective is 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 to do with how you see and and, 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 and what you believe and what you see, i.e., perception, and, and all of those things are functions of the heart and the mind. And on Thursday we prayed into the new year and God kept echoing the heart. He gave us a few scriptures to do with the heart. And the key one was Proverbs 1, 23. Um, I'm going to read it in the Passion Translation. It says, come back to your senses and be restored to your reality. Don't even think about refusing my rebuke. Don't you know that I'm ready to pour out my spirit of wisdom upon you and bring you to the revelation of my words that will make your heart wise? He gave us another scripture, I think Emmanuel shared it all to us. And all of it had to do with the functioning of the heart. And one of the promises of the new covenant that God says that I will give you a new heart. And the Bible says that you should guard your heart with all diligence because out of it flows the issues of life. So God gives us a perspective that what we experience of life isn't just what happens to us, but how we respond to it from the perspective of our hearts. You guys follow me here, yeah? So, so a new perspective when it comes to God and Susan said, let's pray the scripture. Set your heart and your mind on the things above. Meaning that we have the whole position power to direct where our hearts will go. Your hearts will go to something. Yeah? Wherever your treasures are, your heart is also. And if there's anything that I believe God wants to echo to us for this year, because it's, you know, it's always good to come get a word for the year and all that good stuff, but I've, I've come to realize that if I don't have a foundation, the word, and I don't have something governing my ways, the word, you know, I can head over today and it can what do I mean? David said, the word of God is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. David understood that the word of God had to ground him and govern him. Meaning there's always a temptation to head away and not do anything about it. James says that we can be hairless only and then walk into deception if we don't do what we heard. So there's a word I want to echo to you guys is a word called obedience. Amen? And Jesus says that this lifestyle of obedience doesn't just happen because we know we're supposed to. He said that if you love me, you will obey. So the secret to a life of God finds its essence in this thing called love. And God is always calling us, and we echoed it this year a lot, John 15, abide in me. If you abide in me, you will abide in my love. Apart from me, you can do nothing. 
once again saying those words to you now. The Bible says, if you believe with your heart, you will receive these words. So there's a becoming a new perspective that you guys can get that must first start with what words are you going to choose to believe with your heart? So once now we're seeing the heart is also a belief system functioning area. And reality is this, guys. Our hearts go through a lot. The Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick. Meaning that if your heart loses hope of something better than what is presently happening, that's when you start walking into something you call depression, discouragement, downcastment. And that's all part of life. But like David, you can speak to what you feel and they can actually change. So the foundation for everything new in your life starts with the conditions of your heart. And with the heart, we believe. And at 18, we've got like a cycle of life, a mission statement called believe, become, behold. Believe, become, behold. And this thing here, because what I find interesting with these three words is how it works in reverse. So the statement was birthed out of a, a, a saying that I have, what you believe, you become. What you become, the world beholds. And we see that through scripture. You believe in Jesus Christ, you become a new creation. And when you become a new creation, behold, all things start becoming new in your life. But what I started to, what I was realizing this statement, and these two words here in particular was that the becoming part is a lifelong process. And, and the scripture, some of, them, some of them render the new things happening in your life in past tense. It says the new has come. But if I'm going to be all be honest, did we really see new things straight away when we got saved? So what was really happening here? God was changing perspective. Not everything changed, but how I saw everything changed. God changed my heart. God represented my spirit. And I can now look at life through the lens of eternity. I no longer was living according to my old ways, but the new way. And as we engage with those truths, then we start to see things becoming new. You guys follow me here, yeah? And it works the other way around. Scripture says in, um, <coughs> sorry guys, 2 Corinthians 3 about, um, it says that we behold in a mirror the glory of God. And we're being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. So essentially, what you choose to believe in what you hear affects what you become. And what you set your eyes upon affects what you become. That, that word mirror in the Corinthians is actually talking about the word. And James says the word of God is like a mirror because the, the guy says, those of you that hear the word and don't do it, look in the mirror and forget yourself. Because almost the same God says, there's a word, my word is a mirror that actually shows you the real you. I need to look at that long enough to become that. 
There's a reflection that you can only find in Jesus that will show you the real you. Are you guys following me here? And, and the question like how do you behold, we can look at it from the perspective of how you worship, or we, we, this, this can also be a function of what do you esteem high in your life? Values, treasures, wants, desires. It's a story in Daniel, um, King Nebuchadnezzar looks in the mirror and thinks, wow, I look good. I'm going to make an idol of myself and make everybody worship me. What you choose to behold and esteem highly will always reflect in your life. So most times, not most times, all the time you're worshipping, guys. And how you worship is exhibited through your behavior, through your language, through your desires, through the things you give your time to, your values to. You guys follow me here? So when Paul says, set your heart and your mind, Paul understands that there's a temptation in us to drift, or to be distracted, or to allow ourselves to be so encumbered with what's going on here, we forget that we're actually seated here, and we're also here to exhibit what we see from here. So there's this, there's this perspective that I need you to have is heavenly, is up, it's not here below. So this new year, This word become has to take center stage. And who or what you're becoming is evident today. And if you know that you're not happy with it, you have an opportunity to change it. If you know that this is not what it is that I know God has said, you have an opportunity to change it. How? What? Is the word your foundation? What do you behold? Is the word you're looking to to govern your life? And, and all of this is not this is, this is not a work swing, guys. Bible says, if you want to please God, it can't be without faith. For anyone that comes to God must first do what? Believe. Believe what? That he is, that he exists. And that he is also a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I find it interesting that we see two perspectives there. We see believe that he is. Then we also see the part of God that rewards those who tangibly seek Him. So essentially, guys, you seek what you believe. And sometimes a lack of seeking God just really has a crack in how we understand or believe who He actually is. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. 
seeing God has everything to do with light. Light makes all things visible. God said he is light. His word is light. So I want to challenge you. What is your relationship like with his word? If his word is light, there's no way you're going to be able to see him as you ought to. And allow your heart to respond that way. Because the Bible says your heart also has eyes. And those eyes are called understanding. And Paul prays that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened. Ephesians 1 verse 18. So Paul understands that for, for us to really experience the fullness of what God has to do with us, we need light open the eyes of our hearts. We need God's word to be hidden in our hearts in order to make it to. We need our hearts to be chasing after the things of God. So this year, I really want to lay a foundation that we want the word of God to ground us and to govern us. We want to hear the word and do the word. We want to become a new creation by fixing our eyes on him, beholding and believing whatever he says to us. Are you guys trying to be here, yeah? So there is a word for the year. It's his word. The word for the year is his word. The word for the year is his word. You know, and I believe that if we do that, everything becomes new. Because from that, you will get a new perspective. And with a new perspective, everything changes, guys. A new perspective is, is, is the whole half glass full, half glass empty. Is it full empty? Is that the perspective? Yeah. How you see everything changes. And the becoming is so beautiful because God has given us an invitation to think and to look like he does. So if I have a prayer point for you guys to see that you guys should apply is, Lord, give me a desire for your word. Give me an appetite for your word. Actually, pray these things, even if you don't want to pray. I've learned the discipline of not allowing feelings to govern what I say. And if you want to be a Christian, you're going to have to learn to discipline your feelings, not to dictate how you pray. Not easy. It doesn't mean ignore them. In fact, most times, I will pray about what I feel and discipline myself to pray what I know I need to pray after I've expressed how. That's the best way to be authentic. But there comes a place where I understand that my faith is not what I feel. My faith is what did God say. So a new heart 
will give you a new life. Uh, uh, the, the, the year 2020 that you guys believe God is saying for you, it, it can happen, it can happen beyond your imagination. If we can align our hearts with the Father. I want to read First um, John to you. Because one of the things this year that I believe is going to happen is um, God's going to bring um, a whole work in our lives where he wants to bring an alignment with how he has prospered us in the condition of our soul. Um, last year I spoke about, and also New Year's Eve, I spoke about um, the prepare process of prosper. Uh, and I spoke about, obviously, God's way of prosperity that's different from the world is that God will never prosper you beyond the conditions of your soul, which is where your heart lives. The Bible talks about many people desire to become rich. And the Bible says they pierce themselves with many sorrows. But the Bible says the blessing of the Lord make everyone rich and add in no sorrow. The difference is the heart, the soul. You guys follow me here, yeah? And he says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. This is why I'm echoing strong in the heart because prosperity is God's work. If you prepare and go through the process, God will bring the prosperity. Um, so scripture First Corinthians 3, the Bible says, um, Paul planted upon us watered, but God brought the increase. So I don't spend much time talking on this because this is a byproduct, not the focus. I always spend time on asking you, how's this your soul? Your soul. Your heart. Because sometimes God blessing you about souls not really a blessing. It could, that could be your judgment. God blessing you as your soul prospers, that's true prosperity. And you see every day, guys, celebrities got all the money, still taking drugs, still doing whatever. It's a function of the soul. And I believe this year, God wants to prosper his people, but it will be a byproduct as their soul prospers. There has to be an inventory that we take this year in expressing our authentic selves in Christ where we do not ignore the issues of our soul. I find it interesting when he even echoes in being health. So God's not asking for you guys to be perfect. If anything, he wants you to be healthy. This is not a perfect church, but I think it's a healthy church. And healthy means that there's a level of self-awareness and there's a level of action being taken to address the areas that need to grow. That's why you keep going to the gym. <laughs> to God help me this year to go to the gym. Hallelujah. 
Health means there's a consistency of applying the awareness of what I know I need to do to keep high. You guys follow me here, yeah? So Proverbs 3 gives us a, a, a guideline that I think is really, really powerful here that will really practicalize what I'm saying. Because you can't really believe someone you don't trust, right? And for this to tell us to trust in the Lord completely means that you can half trust God. And, and how do we half trust God? We're relying on our own opinions. Let me read it and I'll break it down. It says, trust the Lord completely. And do not rely on your own opinions. With all your heart, rely on him to guide you. And he will lead you in every decision you make. Verse 6. Become, my God, look at that word, intimate with him in whatever you do. In whatever you do. Hmm. And he will lead you wherever you go. Verse 7. Don't think for a moment that you know it all. For wisdom comes when you adore him with undivided devotion and avoid everything that's wrong. Next one. Wow. Then you will find healing, health, refreshment, your body and your spirit once more. Glorify God with your wealth, honoring him with your first fruits, with every increase that comes to you. Then every dimension of your life will overflow with blessings, prosperity, from an uncontainable source of inner joy. Previous verse, please. So here we see a breakdown of what I was talking about in becoming, believe, behold, prepare, process, and prosper. God says it starts here. Trust in me completely. So when we're praying prayers like we dedicate, surrender, so what's the church thing to do? It's addressing whether does the Lord have my complete trust? When we pray Let's surrender to God and we take care of God. We're saying, are there any thoughts you have in regard to what God is saying that is higher than what God is saying that you need to lay down? See this as a prayer point, guys, that helps you get to the verse 6, 7, and 8. It says, with all your heart, rely on him to do what? To guide you. And, and God gives you guarantees. And he, I will lead you in every decision you make. I mean, if we're really honest, can we say that we've felt God lead us in every decision we make? And the answer is no. The issue is here. Trust. 
your opinions. Bible says, cast out every fool that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Once again, if there's this image of beholding what's being esteemed higher, God's word, or your fools, or evil fools, or what the enemy is saying to you. Verse 6, become intimate. I like this because it puts an onus on us that our intimacy with God will be what we make it. Become intimate with him. Not in prayer. In whatever you do. Meaning, when Paul says pray about season, he's asking you to pray about everything. And what I've realized, my own um, confession is that we don't really believe that God cares about what we need to pray about. So what I used to do is come to prayer just praying things that I thought he needed to help me pray because that's what Christians should pray. Not really the scripture says, cast out your anxieties unto him because he cares. So what I was believing about God was affecting what I was becoming intimate with God. I was separating my soul, what I was caring about, where the anxiety lives, and I'm just trying to be spiritual I'm missing out true transformation. We're now living a fragmented life where God was, you know, is, he was heavily in my spiritual area, but in my finances or relationships, then we can't really see what God is saying there. I wasn't intimate with him in whatever I was doing. You guys following me here, yeah? Talk to me, church. You guys following me here, yeah? The result of becoming intimate with God in whatever you do means that you will always be led. So being led by the Spirit ain't some spooky thing of hair in his voice all the time. It's whether enough you're actually in communication with him enough of the time to actually allow him to lead you wherever you go. So this whole issue of doubt, that what God is saying, is hair. Become intimate. Verse 7. Don't think for a moment that you know it all. For wisdom comes when you adore him with honor. Divided devotion. This hair is, is the, it, it probably the most practical definition of humility. Don't think for a moment that you know it all. And many of us will say we don't. But whether or not you have the wisdom to do what God called you to do will be the judge of that. That's why James 1 says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God. He does what? He gives liberally. And he tells us this wisdom comes out when you adore him with 
undivided devotion. Another prayer point. Lord, my devotion to be undivided. You know what? It's nothing like prayer point. It's practical. You know what's distracting you from devotion. This year, practically make habits to deal with it. If it means I've got to pray somewhere else, I need my phone here, whatever. But the wisdom you're looking for is when you adore him with undivided devotion and avoid everything that's wrong. I, I like how you left that part last because the focus here has to be how you're thinking. The focus here has to be with how are you approaching devotion. Then those things that are wrong in your life get shifted because in this part of devotion here, God starts to change your heart, change your desires. You get a little bit more convicted about what's wrong and it's easier to flee. You guys follow me here? That's how when when salvation is all about what, did, what God did for us, not what we did for God, because we were never able to have the power to do what is right. He made us right for us. Grace. And that grace is just not, oh, don't go to hell. It's also power to live above what is wrong. All based on what he did and him living in me. You guys follow me here, yeah? So you don't overcome doing things wrong in your life by focusing not doing what is wrong in your life. More times you end up going in a loop. Bible says leave, but then cleave. It's more about what will you go or where will you point to after you're leaving these things. That's why he says, come to me, be intimate with me. I will deal with the things that lure you away. Next verse, please. I've got 10 minutes. Then he gives us the result. Then you will find the healing, refreshment that your body, health, and spirit longs for. Wow. Wow. God will bring the healing, refreshment that your body and spirit longs for. This is interesting now. Basically, you're a new creation, guys. And your new creation has longings that we have to engage in, that happens through trusting, becoming intimate, and not thinking you know it all. So Susan made a comment two weeks ago about, you know, getting hungry for God is not about what did you say again? It was like, it's not about saying that I'm hungry for God. You like, no, so that's wrong. You said hunger. What did you say about hunger again? What you feed. You crave what you feast on. Because sometimes we wait for God to make us hungry for him. But he's ready to come to me. Meaning that hunger is a choice. 
and you're trolling me now. Hunger is a choice. Interesting. Change your appetite. Once again, feast on the word. He says in verse 9, glorify God with your wealth. Honoring him with your first fruit and with every increase that comes to you. You do know why God had to include money in this area of the heart? Because in Matthew 6, he lets us know there's two realms in which you live for. You either serve God or you serve And it goes through a whole list of where your heart is, where your treasure is, your heart is also. It goes through a whole list of, oh, if your eye is not full of light, it's full of darkness. He deals with all these things that govern humanity. He deals with anxiety. He says, look, the cure to all these things is seek first the kingdom. But guess what? You will seek after what your heart wants. So he has to talk about money here because money is probably the biggest test we have to show what you really value and long for and live for. So you guys follow me here? That's why it's always a funny subject in church. Whole church is quiet now. Glorify God. Honor him with your first fruit, with every increase. So get your heart right on him with your finances. Then every dimension of your life will overflow with blessings. I thought I heard amen. From an uncontainable source of energy. The blessing of the Lord maketh one rich and addeth no one sorrow. God says it's going to come from an uncontainable source of energy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. God desires the joy to be made full in you. From this place, every area of life will overflow with blessings. But before we get to verse 10, start at verse 5, guys. And I want you guys to really hold this scripture there to your heart. Trust in the Lord completely. Do not rely on your own opinions. This is right stuff we're going to close out in prayer. I hope you guys are seeing the how of getting a new perspective. I hope you guys are seeing the how of what you become is what you believe and what you set your eyes upon. I hope you guys are really seeing that how healthy your soul is will have a direct effect on how prosperous you are from the realm of God. And when we say prosperity, we're not even talking about money, guys. We're talking about wholeness. We're talking about your life reflecting the essence of the life of God. We're talking about we see you and we see the glory of God. You see, the angels are singing 
one son all the time. Holy, holy, holy. Brother told upon me that those angels servants are angels that have eyes all over their body. And the Bible says they 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 they, they fly around the throne and then they they, they open their eyes and they cover it and they cry out holy. Every time they see God, they see something new. God is ever new because God is eternal. So we're going to really pray that scripture again in Colossians chapter 3 that God will give us the grace to set our hearts and our minds on the things that the presence of God will become our treasure. That God will no longer be accessory or additions to our lives. That God will become the essence of our breathing and our living. That Matthew 6, 33 will be stamped across our hearts that we will seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the other things we worry about will be added to us. That we will learn the principle of setting first things first, God. That even with that principle, we will set aside January for God. That, that we will take deliberate intentionality habits on becoming intimate with God. That we will get practical. If it's spiritual, it's practical. We will get practical with what we know God desires from us. That God will open our eyes to see him in his beauty. Father, I pray the love of God will move us into deeper fellowship with you. God, in any way in our lives, whatever we're feasting on, that give us appetite, capacity, longings, and thirst for your presence. Lord, we ask by your grace, you remove these things from us. Father, we're praying for a quickening from your spirit, that we will feel the wooing of the Father, and we will respond. Father, we pray right now in any way our opinions have become deceptional, God. And when we are not really allowed ourselves to trust you completely. Lord, we choose to repent. We choose to change how we think today and say, God, I believe too much in me. Help me to believe in you. God, I've tried and I have more trust in what I can see and do than I have in you. Lord, help me. Help my unbelief in you. Renew my mind with the perspective that with God and whoever believes, all things are possible. We're proclaiming over 2022, all things are possible to him or her who believes. Father, I declare over this year, this year will be healthy. Healthy in body, healthy
healthy in soul, healthy in spirit. Lord, I pray over this year we will see your hand prosper whatever we do. I pray this year that we will be children who meditate on the word of the Lord day and night. Lord, I pray that our desire to watch and pray increases this year. God, our desire for godly community and fellowship increases this year. Our desire to see your kingdom advance and souls being saved, it increases this year. Father, I pray even over our lost family members this year that you would do the miraculous. Save our fathers and our mothers and our siblings our aunties, our uncles, our cousins, our nephews and our nieces. We are proclaiming today that this year our light shines. They see our good works and they will praise our Father in heaven. Lord, we're proclaiming that this year, oh God, even over this house, we thank you that you will give us permanent residence, oh God. We thank you, oh God, for open doors in the name of Jesus. Yeah, God, I pray over the uh, uh, I pray over the entrepreneurs in this house and over those that are seeking to, to, to create new side hustles and all those sort of things. Lord, bless the works of their hands. We decree this year will be groundbreaking. Our Lord, we decree in the name of Jesus, increase upon increase upon increase upon increase upon increase. Lord, I'm decreeing a word of increase over AAT right now in the name of Jesus. Let it be increased in every area of our lives. Lord, you have saved the whole self. You saved us body, soul, and spirit. This house will not be deficient. We won't just be spiritual people. Lord, I pray over the workplaces, careers right now. Lord, grace this house to be a house of Daniels. Who don't bow to the culture by influencing God. Grace this house to be people, Lord God, who are trendsetters in their areas of, of, of expertise. God, release the anointed to pioneer. God, we pray right now in the name of Jesus. We're trusting you that our lives has to amount to something. Lord, every area we believe that we're just here. We're just going through. Lord, would you heal us from disappointment? Would you heal us from grief? Lord, would you heal us from failure? Heal our perspective. As we choose to believe you, give us the grace to believe in us, the God that lives in us, who is able to do all things. Let this be a year, Lord, where you heal perspectives. I feel it strong, guys. Sometimes our issue of unbelief is just a result of areas of our lives, of our hearts that haven't yet been healed. So it distorts our perception of God. And when we hear words we hear today, we don't really receive it because we're still in pain. But I'm praying to my God, his name is 
Jehovah Rapha, which means our God, the healer. And you know how he heals me? He sends his word. Lord, we pray that your word will bring healing, restoration of the soul. Right now, in the name of Jesus, make us whole, Father. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Y'all may be seated.